TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres fall in Carolina last night by one in overtime. 3-2 was the final. Up next, it's Minnesota and Pittsburgh back-to-back Friday, Saturday this week. Um, more on the power play, not to belabor a point, but it is a talking point based on how last night went. Um, any interest in going outside of the current organization to get help? Uh, no, and I think most people uh, on social media are saying Patrick Kane would help the power play. I think Patrick uh, I don't Kane, think most people are saying that. I think there's a few people. Uh, well, uh, most, uh, I would say most people. Like what? we've got, we, no, no, no. How, I would, how do you assert? How do you? How do you get to let that me, point? Let me finish. Most I, let, let me finish. I would say most people comparing the amount of response we've had on social media saying Pat Kane and compared to the amount of response we've had overall, um, it's a, it's a general consensus. Now there's also been the other side of saying absolutely not. And I look, Patrick Kane has had his success, right? And, and he's definitely been a really good power play performer in his time. I don't think Patrick Kane right now is a player that would fix zone entries. I don't. I think Patrick Kane would be a good in-zone type of player, a guy that can control play and and find, you know, passing lanes or whatnot. I really don't think that the Sabres are going to say, we're going to acquire one player for one thing specific is in-zone on the power play. I think that they will look inward. Dylan Cousins returning to practice may add to the power play and in and, and a different uh, personnel. Maybe he can ha- help the uh, uh, the zone entries. When Jack Quinn, Quinn returns, that could help. Maybe it's Yuri Kulik. There's so many more options available to the Sabres than saying we are going to bring in a player who just coming off of surgery may not be as good overall as he once was. And we're going to bring him just for in zone on the power play. Um, zone entry is a, is a fashionable thing to talk about today based on last night, but there's no question they've had zone time this year on the power play and haven't produced to the same level as last year. So why is that individually not happening once oh, they're okay. actually so in, there's the, a, in the zone? There's in the zone. Here's the thing. Uh, last year, again, I mentioned, you know, earlier that the Sabres outperformed their expectations at five uh, on yes. the power play, right? By a mile, by a lot. They were first in the league by a lot. Here's the difference. Last year, the Sabres took 5.5 shots from the slot per two minutes. Okay. So they're like, 
Okay, per, per every power play you're on for, for full two minutes, you're taking about five and a half shots from the slot. This year, it's dropped a full shot. It's about four and a half. You say, well, that's not that big of a difference. But that one shot, again, over 13 games can add to two or three goals. That's all I'm asking right now. I'm not asking to score 10 more power play goals. I'm not asking to score 13 more power play goals. I'm saying, how can you score one more power play goal? How can you score two more power play goal? And if you had, you know, right now, if you had maybe 12 more shots from the slot, maybe you'd have 12 more rebounds from the slot. Maybe you'd have 12 more deflections, but you don't have those. I think they're, they're very limited in what they want to do on the power play and they're staying on the perimeter a lot it's it's one shot per two minutes but it makes a big difference but would you significantly mix all the personnel that you have used on the power play this year just to freshen it up or snap guys out of bad habits i don't know that if you and if you believe they have bad habits No, I think what I didn't like at times, even this year or last year, when the Sabres ran into some some uh, adversity on the power play, is they start to skate all over the place, right? They start to rotate up top. They were trying to free up Dage Thompson by moving him around. Um, right now, I I feel like what's worked on the power play, like the second power play unit. When Owen Power walks the blue line, gets it back to J.J. Paterka. Owen Power looks over to Victor Olsen. I feel like that unit stays in its spots. They mm. stay where they need to be. And all of a sudden, you get chances. The first unit, when they have used the bumper position, got 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 chances. We talked about it. We even did a, a telestration uh, on, the, on the game and the intermission the other night because they used the middle of the ice. They got it down to the goal line. They got it across to Skinner. Like There was so many good puck-moving moments. But mm-hmm. then they start skating. They start moving around. They start changing position. And then it goes to nowhere. And you don't know where players are and you can't get to the middle of the ice. I almost say stay static. Stay standing still. Simplify it by just moving the puck quickly. Don't hang on to the puck. Move back, move back. Did you, we were going to talk about last night in the NHL. Did you see Arizona's power play? Clayton Clayton Keller and uh, Nick Schmaltz. All they did was play give and go with Keller on the right flank and Schmaltz in the bumper. It was a bang, bang, one-timer. Bang, 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 one-timer. It was like... They didn't move. They didn't have to move. They just moved the puck quickly and tape to tape. That's how you beat a good penalty kill. That's how you get good power plays. It's not by skating the puck around. It's by quick little passes and move the puck efficiently. And right now, the Sabres are skating around. So I don't know that it's, uh, again, a personnel. I think it's more, hey, you let's draw a circle on the ice. You're staying in that circle. And that's where you're going to be. Let's throw a circle for Darlene and let's stay there and move the puck. Well, Arizona was just one of the teams to win last night uh, as they were able to get past Seattle. Um, another Western game that had significant impact on the Eastern Conference, uh, potentially in more ways than one, was Anaheim's winning streak being halted at six as yeah. they lose to Pittsburgh. But the Penguins lost within the game. Tristan Jari due to injury. Magnus Helberg, one of our favorites. Yes. <laughs> His career journey continues. He came in in relief of the injured Jari and was perfect the rest of the way as uh, Pittsburgh was able to somehow survive the loss of Jari after this crease collision that he was involved with, with not only Adam Henrique, but a teammate as well. Yeah, this was tough for Tristan Jari. Obviously, uh, 
Um, he's trying to make a save. He's sliding from his left to his right. He, uh, it's not malicious. It's totally accidental from Adam Henrique. He's trying to get to the front of the net, go around the defenseman. And Jari came off the ice right away. And not only did he hit his head on Adam Henrique's hip, uh, a shot came at the same time. And I wonder if that shot cut him high as well on top of having the head contact. Uh, it was not a good sequence. And usually when you're dazed, like I've been in that situation for a goaltender, you get hit in the head either with the puck or with a body and you're not feeling good and you just got to sit there and you see Tweety Birds like, you know, tweet, tweet, tweet all around and you're not sure where you are. Jari got up and skated off the ice, which was pretty scary for that. Like almost sometimes you lock your jaw when you get hit in the jaw or something. Like he looked like he was a little stressed skating up the ice. Yeah, and, you know, as strange as it sounds, um, the Ducks were right on the doorstep of scoring on that play, and yeah. unknowingly, Jari made the save while he had already been rocked, and he ended 21 for 21. Helberg came on and goes 11 for 11, so they combined for a shutout last night, and Pittsburgh gets the win where they Sabres and everybody else in the East would have loved to have seen it go the other way. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, well, there's a few. I mean, the Devils game obviously had a lot with Colorado. Um, you know, crazy sequence that netted uh, the Devils seven minutes worth of power play time in which they were effective, but uh, they also gave up a little bit too. And, you know, when you look at the end result, the Avalanche roll to a 6-3 win against New Jersey. What'd you take from that one? Okay, so what I took from that one is that it was actually 2-1 for Colorado. Russ Colton had scored a really nice goal on a rebound 2-on-1, right? And then minutes later, he goes and hits Luke Hughes. It's a boarding penalty. And and if you look at the replay, most people are going to say, man, that was dirty by Russ Colton. I don't think that was dirty. I think Luke Hughes has to know he's going to get hit. What was dirty is the cross check, the butt end to the face of Timo Meyer. That was where Russ Colton got a five minute major and got ejected from the game and now is getting a $5,000 fine for his butt end cross check to the face of Timo Meyer. Now it was already four on four. So now it became a four on three for New Jersey. And then they scored on the five on three coming out of the box. So, you know, it, it made it interesting. You're right. Colorado ended up with a shorthanded goal by Miles Wood. And also New Jersey took a penalty while on the power play. So it was four on four for two minutes. It was so many crazy things happen in that sequence. But in the end of the day, New Jersey didn't have Jack Hughes in the match. They didn't have Nico Hischier in the match. Luke Hughes came back, but, you know, I feel that Colorado put their uh, foot on the pedal and Nathan McKinnon got the fifth goal. Ryan Johansson's having a good start the season. He got his fifth goal as well. So uh, Colorado rolled on 6-3 in that one. Yeah, and uh, next opponent for the Sabres is Minnesota, and the Wild uh, just produced a 4-2 win over the Islanders last night. I would say this, and we'll obviously have lots of time to get into it. Uh, I loved Joel Erickson X game yeah. this year for Minnesota. He has been a standout. They've had injury issues to overcome. Matt Boldy's still, you know, working his way back and uh, looks good, um, but they've just, you know, they've they've lacked that Spurgeon's been out all year. He could be back pretty soon too. Um, and obviously they've had their goaltending challenges because Gustafson 
um, has really struggled, but it was another win for Marc-Andre Fleury last night, and we all know his career numbers against Buffalo, so <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see Fleury here uh, when Hockey Fights Cancer Night rolls around on Friday. I wouldn't be surprised to see Marc-Andre Fleury as well. He's always played really good against the Sabres, mostly when he was with Pittsburgh for years. That's the Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin effect as well. But you know who was a standout player in that game for Minnesota? And I know we're going to see him on the ice. Not that he's an impact player, but he was in the game against the Islanders is Pat Maroon. Maroon yeah. scored a beautiful goal at a great steal on what was the 4-2 goal by Erickson Eck. Uh, he looked really good. And now all of a sudden, the New York Islanders, who were up 3-0 against Carolina in their last game, they lost that game to the Hurricanes. They were up 2-1 to Minnesota. They lose that game 4-2. Like the Islanders are struggling a little bit to uh, to put away games, to to play with the lead. And that's that's not their trademark of the last few years, but this year it's been an issue. Well, thanks, Razor. Razor was supposed to be on the show today, and he inevitably would have brought up Pat Maroon as well. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> is taking on the Rangers tomorrow, so it's actually going to be a back-to-back -back scenario for them when they come in on Friday. So uh, we'll see just where the Wild are at health-wise when they come in. But, uh, you know, it's fine and good to go over all the, you know, the games and the results that kind of matter within the conference, but it's hard not to look at individuals within the games right now and wonder like what has happened to, or what is about to happen to some of these star players who've had the embarrassment, quite frankly, of being benched yeah. by their coaches when they are the highest paid players on the team, like, or close to it, like a Johnny Gaudreau in Columbus who has had a very slow start with one goal in 12 games. Um, Huberdeau Last who was night. stapled to the bench in a win. Last mm -hmm. night for Calgary on home ice, when they roared back to beat Nashville, didn't see a shift in the third period. Huberdeau's a dash 12 through 12 games so far this year. Trevor Zegras has one goal in 12 games. Tyler Sagan's got one goal in 11. I realized different perspective there on Sagan, mm -hmm. but he had bounced back to be a more productive guy. And yeah. Dallas is winning, you know, like, do you... Corey Krug, remember? Like, he was supposed to be traded in the offseason, and he didn't want to be traded. He's got one assist. You know, he's supposed to be more of a catalyst for this team offensively. Well, that, and that's why he was going to maybe get traded because St. Louis was like, we probably could use somebody else in that spot. And he, right. he knocked a trade with his no trade clause. And now he's, it weighs a lot on player. I'm, I, I'm sure I never had to wave to, to, to stop a trade that I was involved in. Um, I didn't have that luxury of saying I have a no trade clause, but it has to weigh on a player saying now I got to perform. I, I said, I didn't want to go anywhere and it's not happening. Jonathan Huberdeau, this one is puzzling. Calgary number one, like Calgary scored his second goal of the season last night. It was an empty net goal, right? You've got guys that are buzzing a little bit. And then you've got guys like Huberdeau and Kadri that are struggling. At least Kadri can kind of, I don't want to say shine, but use some other tools in his game to be effective. Jonathan Huberdeau is not being able to do anything that's effective on the ice. So yeah, he's basically spent the whole third period to the bench and the Flames were able to come back and win, which doesn't look good on a player that is making over $10 million for a long time with the Flames. So do you trade Huberdeau for Gaudreau if both or all parties were in agreement? Well, that's never going to be the case. Uh, and uh, no, I, I, if I was, you don't think there's a part of Johnny Gaudreau that thinks I wish I'd never left. Uh, no, I no? don't think so. No, 
Really? I think he sees what is going on in Calgary. Everybody wants to still leave in Calgary. That's what is happening. And he's like, you know what? No, it's not the same team. There's no Matthew Kachuk. It's not what it used to be. Now, do I think that Johnny Goodrow is looking and saying, man, I should have signed for less in New Jersey? Absolutely. I think he's re- he's regretting that decision to go to Columbus, but I don't think he wants to go back to Calgary. Okay, what about Huberto? What's he thinking? Where does he want to go? Well, Huberto, I've been there, done that, where you get traded to a team and then you feel, oh, I should sign with this team. I should um, kind of show, um, I, don't, I can't think of the word, but it's like show that I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to sign here. Now, Calgary gave him a lot of money, so it would have been hard for him to turn it down. Uh, But I remember getting traded to Philly, and I wanted a four- or five-year deal, and they offered a two, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to honor the fact that they traded for me. I'll just take the two-year deal. Well, two years later, I'm not in Philly anymore, and I'm like, what? I should have taken a four- or five-year deal, and I would have been better off with that. Huberdo now is probably thinking, I should have just taken less money to go somewhere else. This is not a good fit. And it hasn't been a good fit now in a year plus. So what's Zegris going to do this year other than sit on the bench with his tongue out? He's going to blame Dallas Eakins, who's not even with the organization anymore, and say that's because he like didn't let me play my game. Well, you know what, Trevor Zegris? There's more to hockey than just having the long hair and the facial expression and being cool. Like You need to work, and right now he's not getting it done. What happens? Nothing can happen. What do you mean nothing can happen? He's on a team. He's on a very friendly bridge right now. Doesn't somebody pony up and try to swoop in when the waters are choppy? What I would, if I'm Anaheim, the only way I'm entertaining that deal is if a team is willing to pay a boatload. And I would do it in a heartbeat. What can happen in these situations? But I... I would not. Okay. Maybe I would be a very, very bad GM and not wanting to make a lot of trades um, or just valued trades, but I would not give up the farm to acquire a player like Trevor Zegers. Is he even on the farm right now? He's down at the farm. He's, he's, he's working his way back up, but he's, yeah, he's, yeah. Can he lead the horse to water? I don't know about uh, if he can put the cart in front of the horses or vice versa. Do they need uh, to bring back Andy McDonald? No. Old McDonald's farm. Anyway, yeah, on that well, note, that's a hockey player well, too. Yeah, pretty good duck. We're yes. back after this. <laughs> Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.